Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. And we got a question in our DMs and we thought we would tackle it. This question, I will read out loud and I'll just leave the name out. Um, This woman asked, what advice would you give with how to deal with a boyfriend who is not well at communicating emotions, problems he has with our relationship, or basically any topic that isn't fun to have? It's very frustrating because he never wants to open up and it creates a hard barrier in our relationship. And we thought we would talk about this and not just in maybe romantic, but we have family members who just don't want to communicate hard conversations they want to avoid. And we've talked so much in this podcast about having hard, having hard conversations, but having hard conversations to someone who's available for that is one thing. Having hard conversations for someone who wants to avoid conversations is another (laughs) conversation in itself. I think, (laughs) I think the, it's so good and it's so common. So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, that's for sure me. I think one of the biggest things, so just to give you guys a little bit of context, Danny, I talked about this in terms of, you know, especially if you guys are our age, you probably have parents who grew up in a time when it wasn't really acceptable to talk about your feelings, to talk about emotions, to complain, right? My dad always says that um, children were to be seen and not heard. So you couldn't really share if something was wrong or you had a frustration or whatever. This is why we see, you know, we saw a lot in our parents' generation, like alcoholism, gambling addiction, you know, drug addiction. Like a lot of people just didn't have outlets. And we know from research that when we can share our emotions openly and feel safe doing so, that it dissipates a lot of shame and guilt and things like that. So one of Brene Brown's, one of my favorite things Brene Brown says is that shame can't survive being spoken. So, but if you grew up in a time, you grew up in an environment when you weren't allowed to share and an emotion or what, maybe if you did, you got yelled at, (laughs) right? Maybe your parents, maybe your, your parents' parents, your grandparents were, you know, yelled at them or never made it safe for them, or just told them to stop complaining or just told them to suck it up. Right. So there's a lot of like, walk it out or whatever those sort of mantras were. So the first thing I think about when I'm dealing with someone whether it is a parent or a family member. And also, you know, my, my, in my romantic relationship, my boyfriend is, he is aware that he is not great at communicating his feelings, but he has been trying. So, and we can talk about that too, but I, I really think the first thing to remember is that they're not doing it to be frustrating to you. They're not doing it because they don't want to. I think a lot of people do want to actually communicate. It is just so uncomfortable and not safe. Maybe historically it's not been safe for them because they've gotten yelled at and they've had to lie about things and whatever. And so they've had sort of those bad coping mechanisms reinforced over the years. So I wouldn't, I would try not to take it personally. And I think that's so hard in a romantic relationship because you want to elevate with this person. You want them to be like, let's be on the same page. Let's do this thing. Like there's so much potential for communication. Um, But so I think first thing 
try to remember that it's not because they want it. They don't want to communicate. They just simply maybe don't have the tools. Yeah. There's, it's such a good point on that. Maybe in their past, it had been shut down or something happened. It is scary to open up to things that are maybe feel shameful to you. Scary just to talk about what's the scariest part. Do you feel like it's just the response that you might get? Is that why? I think so. I think people are afraid of, I, well, my thought, my first thought is that something happened where maybe they did bring something up and then it was like, they were quote punished for it or something. And so it was like, Oh, see, I shouldn't have brought that up. It made it just worse. forget. I said, yeah, anything. it was like, it made it worse by saying something. So now I subconsciously decided don't say anything because the time that I did it, you know, I really think so much of it's subconscious totally. and that happened when you were younger happened at, a, or maybe just a really particularly important time. And you had an important thing to bring up and you did, and then it fell flat or, it, it wasn't taken seriously yeah. or it was brushed off totally. or the person didn't listen to you yes. or yeah. And like to you, like the negative consequences, you could be yelled at, you could be, you know, shamed, yep. you could chain even further, or maybe you do share something and they're like, just don't bring that up. Yep. So there's a lot of shame that potential shame there's potential for rejection. Like what if yeah. I share this thing? That's really scary. You know, especially, I don't know, maybe our parents generation, it wasn't always safe to share that you were gay or to come out of the closet, mm-hmm. you know, because people were just like, hush, you know, or like told mm-hmm. you were lying or whatever. So you, there was the fear of rejection, the yep. fear of judgment, the fear of, um, you know, putting like uh, losing people in your life being invalidated. Yeah. Invalidated, like not taken seriously. And so now I think we're much more open maybe with some bigger stuff, but when it comes to sharing emotionally, it can be scary because you're not sure of the response. You're not sure that it's safe. Yeah. And I think that is a consequence that is not easy to fix. You know, it's just, you can have one time and it just can mess you up for the rest of your life. You're like, Nope, never doing that. Like I put up a wall and it's done. And I've seen this happen a lot in, um, sexual abuse survivors, you know, coming forward and finally being brave enough to admit, and then not being believed or having the Mm. scenario downplayed. And so you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk about this then. And, you know, even triggers, you know, you and I have talked about things to each other where we're like, this feels so stupid. Like, I know this is not a big deal, but you admit it. And it's like, well, that is a big deal. But sometimes we even diminish our own feelings thinking like, I shouldn't be upset about this. I don't, and and we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to burden someone or we don't think it's a big deal or we don't think we should be upset or worried about it. So we're trying to like, quote, save the other person from our, our burdens or our silly little feelings when often it is a big deal or we can share it and we're not burdening people, but somehow we're taught or somehow we've learned that sharing these hard things ends up hurting more than not sharing them. And so we choose not to. And I think in order to have those conversations there, you have to consistently try to be a safe space. So if you're having like this, this woman's uh, question about her boyfriend, um, I recently had something with my dad while my mom was in the hospital. I needed to have some hard conversations with him. So I asked him to come to my room so we could talk privately. And then a couple of weeks later, I had another thing and I was like, dad, can we talk? And he's like, what is it now? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And kind of, he was, he was treating me. He was like, I didn't think I was going to be Basically, he was acting like I was his mom versus his daughter. And I was like, I'm not trying to come at you like that at all. I'm trying to have an understanding between us. And so I, instead of being defensive, which I wanted to, I want to be like, yo, dude, uh, 
I'm just trying to make things work around here. Like, but I, I stepped back because I realized he was getting defensive because he was scared and he was not used to having conversations like this with me. So I had to step back and just try to be safe and just remind him like, listen, here's all I'm trying to do. These are why I'm having these conversations. I believe in you. And this is what I see in you. And here's the just inconsistencies. And I'm just curious as to what's going on, but it was hard. Cause he's the type that doesn't want to have hard conversations. He's like, why do we have to talk about this? What do you want to talk about now? Why are we having this? Yeah. The defensiveness is, yes. really, is hard when like, you're like, cause that's the people are used to, if you want to bring something up or you have a frustration and it's like, again, it's that stereotypical, like the woman is the nag, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, okay, she has something else she needs to talk about. And it feels the automatic default can often feel like you're in trouble. Like yep. your dad was like, I'm in trouble yeah. or whatever, you know, and that's passed down from maybe like, again, maybe that his childhood and upbringing. Yeah. So, but if you're talking to someone who maybe doesn't have that, that consciousness to be like, cool, we're having a conversation. This isn't innately scary. In fact, yeah. this is actually beneficial and useful. And like, we're going to both grow from this and it doesn't have to be you and I just even as friends have had so many uncomfortable conversations, but like, I never felt I didn't love them, but yeah. I never felt like I was wrong or you were wrong. There was never like a heightened, like anger about it. It was just like, cool. That's inter- It was almost like just filling in gaps. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at communication. It's just like, I think you really hit something on nail on the head. Cause Keith and I have talked about this a good amount. He will often say, well, the reason why I don't bring things up that might be frustrating to me is because I just think I should be able to handle it myself. He's like, I just don't think I should bring it up to you because it's not that big of a deal. I should be able to handle myself. Now I project my old relationship, you know, like my marriage when my ex-husband did not bring things up to me because he decided either I couldn't handle it. And maybe I couldn't, if I might've been really defensive and I'm sure I didn't like really have a safe space for him. Um, And then he had an affair. So I tend to be more like hypervigilant around Keith being like, Hey, if you're, if there's a frustration Like, I want you to bring it up to me and I will not, you know, like come at you. I will not get mad. And I even said that to him one time. I'm like, have I ever been defensive? Have I ever like been angry when you've brought something up? And he's like, no. And I'm like, I want you to see it as a safe space. Cause Mm -hmm. to me, that's all it is. Like communication is simply filling in the other person's gaps that they don't get to see. It's a service. Yeah. I think, um, what you said, being a safe space is the, one of the most important things. If you want someone, boyfriend, parent, boss, whoever to be able to come to you or to have the, the hard conversations, you do have to provide the safe space to do so because there's already, already, if they're not, they must have a fear or some subconscious belief that if I do, it's going to cause a blow up. It's going to make things worse. So even if, and this is the tricky part, even if you want to blow up and you want to freak out, you kind of have to hold it down and just listen. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's like that, uh, I remember my mom growing up, she was like, I, you know, if you ever get drunk, like in high school, if you get drunk, you know, you can call me anytime and we'll pick you up, <laughs> but there's no fucking way. If I was at a party drunk and I called her and said, Hey, I've been drinking. I can't drive home. I need a ride. I would have been grounded and in trouble. So it was like this, like, yeah, sure. You're saying that, but you're not going to behave that way. So you have to say something. And basically you're telling them, like, if you bring this up, I'm not going to be mad at you. And then you can't be mad at them. So you have to be very careful and be careful what you wish for, and also be ready for 
the like maybe answers you don't want to hear things you don't want to hear, but also say, thank you so much for sharing. So even though I don't like this information, even though this isn't what I wanted to hear, I do appreciate you having the honesty and the courtesy and the guts to bring it up. And so I think that being a safe space takes practice and it's not easy. I don't think I was necessarily the most safe space in my past relationship because I didn't quite understand that. I was probably more of the like, yeah, I want you to tell me, but then if you told me I'd be pissed. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's, that goes back to the reason why we lie. That goes back to the reason why we don't have the conversations because we know the consequence is going to be, I'm in trouble. They're mad. So I'm just not going to bring it up. We're not going to have the conversation. So let's walk through then that if someone, if you're like, Hey, if like you're pushing someone in your life to, Hey, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Like you just, we need to be more open. And therefore like, finally they're like, okay, fine. And I also want to validate like as a sidebar, people just sometimes don't know how to say it, Mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes they just literally don't have the words either. So as much as we can be like, I want you to talk, I want you to talk. Like, I remember one time I was saying that to Keith and he was just like, I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, we missed the mark. Like it wasn't what I want you to say, but he doesn't have the words to say it. Right. So oftentimes there is, there might be something, but is it safe to say? And if I can say it, then like, what am I saying exactly? You know, cause I think you just try and state whatever it is to the best of your ability. And then you kind of like, like serve it up to the person. You're like, here's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. So let's say you beg someone to, to finally communicate with you. And they're like, fine. You feel that you've convinced them you're a safe space and they share with you something and you don't agree. And you're like this motherfucker, like in your head, you're like this fucking guy. Yep. Right. Cause you're just like, he says something and you feel totally slighted. You feel like that's not at all true. That's not at all who I am. That's not at all what the situation is. How do you handle it? Mm, So good. One of the things I think it's really important is to validate that people's experiences are their experience. So trying to put yourself in their shoes and going, I can see how you see it that way. Doesn't mean you agree. You can go, I can see how, or maybe not, maybe you need to ask more questions. Maybe you need more clarified questions. Like I'm struggling to see how you got that conclusion, or I'm struggling to see how you see it this way, but I'm willing to, like, I think these terms, like I'm willing to, I'm willing to see it a different way. I'm willing to see it your way, or I can see how I see it this way. And then you can explain your way. Like the way that I saw it was this, or the story I told myself, there was a, the Brene Brown talk, I think it was on Netflix it's a tool that Jeff and I have used quite a bit, at least um, about a year ago when there was some miscommunication was she said to use the story I'm telling myself is. So she tells the story about how she's swimming in the water and her husband, I guess she's saying something to him and he doesn't reply. And she's like, Oh, he thinks I'm fat now. I'm not good in a bathing suit. Like she makes up this whole thing and they get to the end of the pool and she's nearly in tears. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, she's blurts it all out. And he's like, I was just trying to not drown. Like he could, he goes, I didn't even hear you. And so it was just this easy miscommunication. And we could see how we do this all the time in, in relationships. So the tool is the story I'm telling myself is, you know, when you say this, you mean blah, blah, blah. And more often than not, the person's going to go, oh, that's not what I meant. And so it helps to share how you're seeing something and it gives them a chance to tell the reality or their Clarify, reality, yeah. you know? And I think a big piece is if they come to you, trying not to get defensive is trying to be able to put yourself in their shoes, or at least be willing to try to see how they are seeing something. And I think that diffuses a lot. You may still not agree. You may still like, I still don't see it. I still don't understand how you got that, 
but I can see how you and I both think differently and maybe we're going to agree to and disagree. try not to take it personally. Yeah. I think that's a big thing too. If they, if the person, someone shares with something with you that you don't feel like is true for you, maybe they have painted you a certain way and you feel like, wow, that's not at all what I've tried to do. I've, in fact, I've tried to do the opposite. So it's really easy to get defensive, to want to like prove your point. But to your point, I think it is taking it in and going, you know, I could see how maybe you would see it that way. And then maybe saying, are you, would you be okay with me sharing what my intention was or mm-hmm. what I was trying to do or something like that? Cause it is hard because as soon as you start taking it personally and thinking that you now did something wrong, like, oh my God, I can't believe I was that. And then we feel embarrassment and shame. And a lot of times that comes out in anger because mm-hmm. we just feel embarrassed. Like, oh my God, if that's really what they thought of me, like then we get defensive out of embarrassment, you know, because like, oh my God, I can't believe that's what they were thinking this whole time. So I think, yes, try and stay as neutral as possible. Let them tell the way they see it. And to your point, you never have to agree, but I think inviting, you know, having the invitation of like, Hey, can I share with you? Like exactly Mm -hmm. what my side was. And you may never agree. Yep. But to me in those moments, and it's funny because Keith is getting a lot better at communicating. Um, he always says afterwards that he really like enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. He'll always be like, I feel so much more relief or I feel so much more relaxed after that conversation. And I'm the same. I'm like, yeah, yeah, now, even if we can't, even if like, we never have like 100% agreed, we at least can see it from the other person's perspective. Yep. And it feels a lot, even just that clarity feels like a relief. I think even to this, uh, girl's point and, uh, with someone with a partner who isn't really open. Uh, one of the things is expressing to them what it means to you to have the conversations, you know, because maybe they don't even understand how much it is affecting the relationship. It's, I mean, there's been many people we know, and maybe even us who've had a breakup that was just blindsided. Like we didn't even know anything was wrong. So this could be literally eating you up going, he's not talking. We never have this conversation. It's causing a wedge in our relationship. And he's just like, this is good. We never have fights. We never have hard conversations, right? He's like thinking everything's amazing because you never have hard conversations and you never fight. Meanwhile, you're festering going, <laughs> this dude won't have a conversation with me. So bringing it up and saying, listen, um, I would really like to have some conversations around this topic, or I'd really like to know a little bit more what you think of this, or I've had some concerns. I've, you know, I told myself a story that you don't talk to me because blah, blah, blah. Um, I think starting there will help. And then making sure you provide that safe space to where it's almost like when you get, you give a dog a treat when they do what you want, right? If they go poop on the, on the, uh, in the grass, you give them a treat. You're like, good job. This is what I want. You have to give them validation for doing something good. If you have the hard conversation and then it turns into a blow up fight and they're like, see, this is why I didn't want to bring it up. Then suddenly it's just validating why they didn't do it. And they're not going to do it. It's anymore. reinforcing the negative feedback yes. instead of progress. Yeah. So you have to try really hard to get out of the defensiveness and make it safe and make it where it's okay. Even if you want to scream at what's happening. Yeah. It's really interesting because I think for people who are used to trying to avoid conflict or trying to avoid just uncomfortable conversations for them, they might not want to have those conversations because they're like, things are good when we're not having those conversations, right? It's a smooth ride. I'm the opposite. And that's why it's counterintuitive, right? Mm -hmm. So counterintuitive to me is like, if we're not talking about shit, like, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? Right. Like I'm always just like there, there, we're not talking. So like, to me, 
like there we've been, we haven't had a conversation in six months. I guarantee something about me has pissed you off in those six months. Like, what was it? Yes. You know? And so it's interesting. Maybe you need to have a conversation of just like what your communication style is. Cause to me, if we're not talking, that's when I start getting edgy, but you Mm -hmm. know, but the more we talk and I think for both of us, we're just, he's in that practice mode. You know, it's funny. Um, I just feel like you and I had so much practice with communication after our divorces. Like I didn't know how to communicate even in my marriage. I don't think, you know, I think I was okay at it, but I don't think I was always honest. I think I got really defensive a lot. I think I was really sensitive. Um, and I've gotten so much better because it's just forced, right? Like if you're trying to go through, you're going through a breakup with somebody, you're trying to like save a relationship. Like there's a lot, it's heavy a lot of the time, you know? And I think it's important to find that balance because even if you have a great conversation and you are communicating, it's still heavy. Yeah. Like you still walk away being like, Okay. You have like a little bit of an emotional hangover, right? Yeah. yeah. So you do want to rack up good days too, you know, like you can't have it. I mean, I remember when we were going through our like transition year in our marriage where we decided to ultimately split, but that, that year we tried to stay together. It was really heavy a lot of the time. Mm. And I was like, I just need lightness, you know? So when I started dating and stuff like that, I was like, Oh, I, for, I like forgot I'm, what I remember in the first couple of days, guys I dated, like, they'd be like, are you, <laughs> I just was heavy. I like was just really stoic and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I forgot what it's like like to be like light and flirty and fun and easy and shit to be just like easy. And so, you know, I think you have to rack up good days too, but you definitely need to have those conversations. And I just would not take it personally. I think that's hard. Yeah. And one of the things is, is if you have like gripes with a partner, parent, whoever, um, coming at them, it can feel like an attack and it makes sense that they can be defensive. And so what will happen sometimes is on the defensiveness, they're like, well, you do this. And then they just flip it. Like, all right, you're coming at me with these issues. Well, I have issues with you too. So to- I'm always like, now, nah, now we're talking. Right? <laughs> like, if it's- So for one of the ways to keep it from being defensive is I would sometimes come to them and ask those issues first. Like, Hey, is there anything that I could improve on in this relationship. Do you see any ways that I'm doing something? So you're actually coming out, like asking them to give you the shit first before you dish out yours. Um, and I think that you can get some insight from that. You know, there are many times in my relationship just once in a while, which if I'm like, Hey, is there anything else I could be doing for you, for us? Is there anything I'm not doing that you would like to see more of? And just coming out with there with that, because sometimes he'll bring up something and I'm like, Oh, Hmm. I realized that maybe I was acting that way because I had some issue with him. And so it was kind of like this passive aggressive behavior I was doing. So I think asking someone about your own shortfalls or Mm -hmm. things first can help diffuse. The other part is like, especially in a romantic relationship, I'm not sure I would do this like with my dad or, or parents, um, is just having a time to sit down and talk about it. So we were doing this on Sundays for a while. And I, I think I've mentioned it before. We kind of got this from Renelle Nelson. Cause she said that the thing that will break apart a relationship more than any third party is judgment, assumption, and resentment. And so we created that acronym jar. Uh, cause I think she said it out of order and Jeff was like jar. I was like, yeah. So we just talk about emptying out the jar. Like if you get grains of sand in the jar, a little grain of sand is not going to be a big deal, but pretty soon that adds up and adds up and you've got all these resentments and all these judgments, and it turns into a big deal. So we would just say like Sunday nights, Hey, do you got anything in the jar this week? Meaning, did I do anything to really bug you? There's something just getting under your skin. And sometimes there was nothing. Sometimes there was something. And we still just once in a while, we'll be like, all right, is there anything in the jar? Like, you know, I can even tell if there's a little attitude. I'm like, yo, 
what's what's in the jar what's in the jar dude let's get it out but I think even having that kind of um tool and vocabulary can help to make it a safe space like okay we're having the talk right now and this is when we're going to talk about it and it's okay to bring it up because this is the time we've set apart to bring it up and have the conversation so if you're struggling in a relationship maybe a couple of those tools might help you um make baby steps to getting more to the communication you're really desiring yeah I love it I think this is good loved it um well y'all go ahead and if you have not already please subscribe to this podcast and if you love it and want us to keep publishing then go ahead and um leave us a review that would be so great we love reading them they're so amazing you guys are so great we have we have a couple one stars what i don't know someone said we didn't really have any expertise which is fine haters all right well Give us a one star if you're a dick, but <laughs> <laughs> but please give us a five star. And it is always means the most to us when you guys share our episodes on social media, tag us at the best life podcast on Instagram. We always regram you guys. Um, if you love these episodes, go ahead and share them with your friends, family, your audience, and let's get to our next million Boom. pretty soon. Thanks y'all. Y'all, we are so grateful for you and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.